This is Extreme Ag's Shortcuts. Let's get right into it. Hey, we're talking about what happens when you make a late preseason switch to your cropping plan. Uh, stand here with Kelly Garrett and Mike Evans. He has a joint venture with Kelly, Integrated Ag Solutions, and Chad Siebold from Sound Ag. You know what? Your fertility changed because you had 500 acres that you were going to go with soybeans, and it was about somewhere in March, and you made a decision, Kelly, to not do soybeans, to go ahead and do corn. We thought here in early 2022, oh man, soybeans are way to go because we're going to have too much input price on the, on the corn. And then you said, no, wait a minute, I think it pencils out better. And then you got to make a big change right there at the preseason. Talk to me. Even with the higher input price of corn, at the end of March, with the way the corn market was relative to the soybean market, corn was $280 net money better. So we made this decision at that time to switch those 500 acres from beans to corn. Okay, it's not that you didn't plant beans, you didn't go continuous corn on all uh, acres here at Garrett Land and Cattle, but those acres specifically, you made that decision. Why those acres? We were gonna have about 3,000 acres of beans. We backed up to 2,500, you know, in that area just to capitalize on that $280. Now, a, an argument could be made that you should have gone 100% corn, but logistically, mechanically, yeah. that's just hard to accomplish. Right, you got it, it, more, more stuff to haul, you got right. more bushels, you got the equipment, all that timing. Right. Evans, uh, you went out there and looked at these fields probably right up until March and said, yep, these are gonna be soybean fields, and all of a sudden you get the boss from your partner slash boss here, and he says, oh, hey, by the way, Mike, um, we're not doing that, and now what? Yeah, he goes, what about 500 more acres of corn? I go, where are we going to do it at? And uh, so we had a conversation, and then we had to figure out a plan how we're going to get it, because we had no nitrogen on. Right. Um, you know, base fertility around here for corn and soybeans is pretty similar with Kelly's plant food product, so we get that out. But nitrogen's always kind of the... So there's certain stuff you do in the fall. It don't matter what's going into it come spring. There's certain practices you're going to do in terms right. of uh, the, the products that we use, like to melt down residue or whatever. There's certain right. practices that don't change. But obviously, fertility, you like to put nitrogen out there in November. Yeah, we big fall in hydrus. Kelly likes it. I like it. We don't like a lot of spring no. hydrus because uh -huh. of the chance of burn. Okay, so you didn't have any hydrus on there, so you're saying, okay, we got a nitrogen problem. What else did you look at when that 500 acre was made the switch there late March, and you said, now what are we going to do? Uh, well, it was nitrogen, corn, the seed corn, and... So you and, needed the seed, you yep, needed yep. nitrogen, what else? And the chemicals and... and uh, uh, late season application. Okay, you got that stuff lined up. One thing that you did, and this is the reason <clears throat> Chad is here with us, Sound Ag, you were going to use some of their products anyhow. They have a product called Source. You have a product called Source. Corn's one of your main applications for this. Tell me about the product and why you helped them on those 500 acres, Chad. Absolutely. Um, one of the cool things about our product, as you guys know, is um, being able to fit in multiple different programs that are out there, whether it's a last minute change in a program or a program that exists from the fall, but to be able to supplement what's going in the field Source is a great opportunity to be able to pull up 15 to 50 pounds of nitrogen. So didn't get that fall applied nitrogen in, no, no worries, right? That extra 15 to, to 50 pounds is there in form of a fall, uh, foliar applied in the spring. Okay, so the idea with your, the promise of your product source is that it 
it reduces my need for nitrogen. It helps me get more nitrogen. It makes nitrogen not go away. It's a nitrogen stabilizer. What is source and why do I need it? Yeah, so it, most as it relates to nitrogen. Yeah, absolutely. So it fits in that operation, right? So it's not a biological, it's a chemistry. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it's a chemistry, it rides with what you're doing in the field today, which is a super nice, right? Mm -hmm. So now your V4 through V6 application timing when corn's coming out of the ground, you've got that post-emergent application, low application rate. What that does, hits the plants, translocates, and helps make that nitrogen more available to the plant. Okay, that's all cool. And you just talked a lot about V4, V6, et cetera, post. He's talking about March. I know the corn wasn't there in March. What did you do in March as it relates to their product to go to make that switch from corn, planned beans to planned corn, the switches you made fertilizer-wise and fertility and then planning-wise, Evans? Um, his name is Mike Evans, by the way. I feel bad, but you know, his his partner here just always calls him Evans. Mike. <laughs> you know, we usually verberate or anhydrous here for Kelly. You what? Verberate and anhydrous. Variable rate? Yes. I thought you said reverberate, and I'm like, what does that mean? What purpose would we reverberate <laughs> nitrogen well, we, for? Yeah, we verberate based on yield goals and stuff throughout the field. Gotcha. And we usually average about 180 pounds, it's typically what we're averaging in the fall anhydrous. And we wanted to back that down, especially with spring for concerns of burn and uh -huh. everything else with the corn seed. So we backed it down between 120, 130. Okay, meters. so you're at you're, you're two thirds of normal, mm -hmm. but you're also doing it uh, within a month of planting roughly. Right. As, as opposed to five months in front yep. of planting. Okay. Yep. And we looked at soil samples and felt the soil can generate some nitrogen. And then we looked at what source provided us. Uh, figured that would be our late season application, kind of a side dress. We really can't side dress around here. There's too much iron blight, as Kelly talks about a lot. Uh, we can't run a rig through here. So that's, we're hoping that maybe we'll see the results and we can use that as a side dress up. Kelly, take away from this, you like to talk about money and I like talking about money and you and I both like talking about money. So here's the deal. Um, do you see a future where you, instead of fall applications of nitrogen, you do some spring application at lesser rates, at lesser variable rates, or reverberates, it doesn't really matter. And then you you use products like Source to make that nitrogen more available. In other words, is this a chance to reduce nitrogen, which we're gonna to have to do probably environmentally anyway? I believe that we will still use fall applied anhydrous, but at a reduced rate for continued soil health. And then we'll use Chad's product, we'll use Source at, at tassel time. We chose not to use it at the V3, V6 because okay. we've got nitrogen, we've got some nitrogen, in our two by two system for so that's available to the corn there but we need that late season push because again we can't wide drop with, with our hills and our elevation challenges this is a product that is really made for us in the hills and so, i'm excited about and it. that's the big part you obviously made the decision you're the fertilizer you're the agronomy guy mike and you looked around and said we're not gonna we're using less nitrogen in march and april going into spring planting but we're not putting this source on now it just it did not go out in march it came, it went in, when? So really two different application windows, right? Up front with a post-emergence, which you're not using in this particular case for the 500 acres they've transitioned. Yep. But late season on all your acres, the ability to have that late season VT R3 application yep. paired with a fungicide. And they don't do wide drops for all the reasons that are fitting their thing. This goes out through the drip? This goes out through our fungicide. This goes out through your fungicide. Okay. So ground rig or it can be aerial applied. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> what is your hope, Mike? You've been around, you look at stuff a lot, you're very geeky about inputs and all of this. You know a lot more about it than certainly I do and maybe even than the, the other people standing here do. What's your hope about a product like this and how it fits into the system for uh, the future? I hope 
it works really well because if we can reduce our front load nitrogen, yep. our fall applied hydrous, yep. it just it, operationally it's a big deal. Yep. Less tanks, less time in the field, we're applying, getting stuff done, and we can put this in late season. Uh, you know, I've been working with Kelly for four years, and the late season nitrogen, we need it around here. It's just the soil doesn't produce it as well because of, of what it is. And if we can get that late season punch, I think we'll see a great great yield response. Do you see any potential pitfalls down downside to this uh, idea? No, I do not. And you know, you uh, asked earlier about the ROI, mm -hmm. and he, Mike is talking about the variable rate. Mike geeks out on the fertility, I geek out on the numbers, and then we come to some sort of compromise, and that's where the plan comes from. I like mm -hmm. that. And, and you bring in the guys like Chad, and you kind of you kind of seesaw the hell out of them, don't you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, from an ROI standpoint, when we look at our variable rate fertility, and in the high yield areas, 120 to 140 pounds of of anhydrous going on there. We have done late season stock tests before. We're still high in nitrates because of that. So I think we could turn that down even further. Mm -hmm. And then if we can stimulate that ground, especially in those high yield areas, stimulate that ground with source, the ROI here uh, is pretty exciting. The potential ROI, we're gonna prove that out this year, but I'm excited about that. You've obviously got a vested interest, you work for this company, but I believe sure. in the future we're gonna use less nitrogen per bushel produced than we do mm -hmm. now, just because we already are. <laughs> sure. And because the environmental uh, pressure is gonna be there from political and what have you. Does this product get you excited about what that future looks like so we can still make the bushels out here in these fields and use less nitrogen or do you think we still have a little bit of are we still one iteration away from being able to do that i think we're here and and here's why right so as a producer myself right i do work for the company but as a farmer myself i see that we as as producers over apply nitrogen yeah and it just so happens when price of nitrogen goes up we get a little more concerned right so if you start looking at the at what we're doing to the soil, right? Kind of putting mm -hmm. what exists in that dirt today. So talk about sustainability. You see what we do to that dirt today. That's the future of the next generation, the generation after that. So how do we take care of that? Nitrogen is one of those things where we can actually pull back a little bit, use products like Source to be able to make more or at least to get back to where we are by reducing in. Yeah, that's what I, I think that's gonna be the future. Mike, is that, what our, is that what our future looks like? That's where I hope we end up. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. Last words, it's your field. It's uh, it's the results are coming in a couple of weeks for sure, right? Or in a couple of months for sure when we run the combine out here. What do you hope to see? What is what's gonna what's gonna be the big thing or what's gonna be the surprise? I hope to see, you know, fifteen or twenty bushel. This is a contest field. Typically we have a hard time keeping our late season in up in our tissues where we want it to be. I'm hopeful that Source helps us do that. I'm excited about it. Got it. He's Chad Siebold. If they want to learn more about this, where do we go? Sound.ag or uh, reach out to us on Twitter, on our social media, we're everywhere. It's uh, kind of fun to see the root digs, see these fibrous root systems, healthier plant, check them out, yeah, it's online. And do stay tuned because we're gonna be very, very 100% uh, 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 honest about what we see out here on the transition acres, the ones that we made the swap on, yep. and then also on all of the acres, we're gonna be giving you results within another few weeks and certainly when the combines run, right? Right. All right, stay tuned. Right here at Extreme Ag, we'll be giving you all the results. We do that every year with every product we do. We give you the trial results and we give you unvarnished uh, truth about what our experiences were in the field from all of the farms that participate in the trials. I'm Damian Mason, he's Kelly Garrett, he's Mike Evans, and he's Chad Siebold with Sound.ag. Go there and check out more of their stuff and stay tuned here at extremeag.farm.